0: Greetings and salutations to all you sportsmen and women out there and conservationists across New York State and the Fruited Plain. Welcome back to another episode of We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I am your humble host, Rich Davenport, coming to you from sunny Tandawanda, New York. Once again, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I am your humble host, Rich Davenport. Uh, Welcome back. We're coming to you here on Anchor.fm, powered by Spotify. You can also access this podcast via Spotify or Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Free Radio, Beacon, Pocket Casts, and of course, Anchor.fm. Uh, Remember, please donate to help support the show and the mission, $2 a month, $5 a month, whatever you can afford. It is greatly appreciated, and it helps me push back on the nonsense in the propaganda media while providing sound science and conservation news and commentary. As always... The commentary is my own. It reflects no official position of any organization out there that I may be a member of. It is my show. It is my opinion. But you're going to get solid news that you're not going to get anywhere else. Please help spread the word. We're starting to look for sponsors now. And the audience is growing, growing really fast. Thank you. Thank you very much. Please spread the word. And uh, continue to come back and uh, check us out every week. Uh, You know, we'd like to to say that uh, this past weekend that we've had was the uh, free fishing weekend in uh, New York State. Uh, a lot of people got out and fished. It was a very windy weekend, uh, so it may have put a little bit of a damper on the boating. But you know, a couple of kids fishing clinics were going on uh, this time around. Uh, the Erie County Federation had their Teach Me to Fish uh, event down at Chestnut Ridge Park in uh, at the Commissioner's Cabin. That's in Orchard Park, New York. I um, heard it was well attended and it, it was a lot of fun. Um the uh, family fishing days put on by Buffalo United Front and the East Side Fishing Club also down at Broderick Park was the entire weekend I heard that was also a very good uh, uh, turnout and a lot of fun we had pretty good weather a little bit of rain on Saturday but Sunday it worked out pretty good just some high winds out there uh, it was a it was a really nice weekend uh, a lot of neat things going on it was a it was a really really good to just sit back and, and relax see a bunch of friends uh uh you know there's there's a lot going on and uh, even though we're in the summertime uh, just started summer pretty much uh you know we're still looking forward to the hunt and we've got a lot of hunting news going on right now because obviously this is the time when all that activity is happening pre-season Uh, As we talked on last week, the Deer Management Plan uh, 10-year update in its final draft uh, form has been released. And, uh, you know, the public comment period for the final uh, stretch here runs through August 8th, 2021. Uh, We did a deep dive into the plan last week. I just want to touch on the regulatory side, which is also now posted in the uh, state register. And, uh, you know, these are the, the regulation proposed changes to allow and support this plan that has been uh, released for review. Uh, the specific regulatory changes, uh, you know, include establishing an antlerless, it's a special antlerless only firearm season. It's gonna commence the second Saturday in September and to run for nine consecutive days. And it's important to note that the valid carcass tags that will be used for this nine day September antlerless only season, will be Deer Management Permits or DMP and Deer Management Assistance Permits, DMAP. Uh, Those are the only tags that are going to be valid during this nine-day period. Um, It may encourage more to apply for DMP in these areas. uh, That may reduce the supplemental issuances after the main draw is closed on October 1st. But remember, this is not a southern zone-wide or statewide uh, initiative here. The uh, wildlife management units that are going to be impacted by this include 3M, 3R, 8A, 8F, 8G, 8J, 8N, 9A, and 9F. So once again, 3Mary, uh, 3 3Romeo, 3 8Apple, 8 8Franklin, 8Georgia, 8Julia, uh, 8Nixon, 9Alpha, and 9 Franklin. Those areas will be uh, uh, the ones that are going to be used for DMAP uh, antlerless only uh, firearms and that can use anything. It doesn't need to be a firearm. You can use a bow, you can use a crossbow, you can use a muzzleloader. It's pretty much like a nine-day regular season only it'll encompass antlerless only. Um, Areas that will be early antlerless but use archery only with the same um with the same tagging requirements d map and dm dmp uh, is one charlie three samuel four juliet and eight charlie so one c three s four j and eight c archery only areas but they will also have a nine day special season in the northern zone hunters will see proposed changes to the muzzle loading seasons um and the harvest of deer of either sex. Uh, There were several areas in the northern zone and the Adirondack Park area that uh, have been antlered only harvest during any muzzleloader season. Um, Nine, or rather, 6F, 6A, and 6J, those three WMUs, which are currently under antlered only, are now proposed to be uh, antlerless or antlered, deer of either sex and that change would leave Wildlife Management Unit 6N as the only antlered only WMU during the ML season in the northern zone. Um, You're looking at adjusting the bear season as well in the northern zone. This is uh, all regulatory uh, proposed uh, in the state register. Uh, They're looking to basically run the bear season up in the northern zone completely concurrent with the deer season, which makes sense. We have burgeoning populations of bear and most of the harvest for bears incidental to uh, the deer hunting. So um, having a full 79 days in total instead of 72 for bear and 79 for deer makes a lot of sense. Those um, wildlife management units impacted would be 5A, 5C, 5F, 5G, 5H, 5J, 6C, 6F, 6H, and 6J. Uh, Additional regulations that are being promulgated include changing the hunting season or the hunting times I should say not the hunting season itself but the lawful hunting hours right now is currently sunrise to sunset for big game hunting in New York they're going to be moving it to a half hour before sunrise and a half hour after sunsets this applies to all big game seasons not just firearms and regular season Um, so that's that's on the table too that will increase opportunity to harvest as those are the Uh, the high movement periods of each day those low light changeable light levels that's when deer are really moving around and uh, it is believed if we add that total aggregate of one more hour onto the day it could increase harvest by quite a bit Uh, 10-15 percent maybe five percent they're seeing a, a significant increase in their projected harvest when they do that but of course there are problems and and, and concerns in, in involving safety in low-light periods so uh, DEC has proposed mandatory hunter orange or mandatory hunter pink be worn during the firearm season uh, for big game hunting. Now what this means is if you're carrying a firearm and hunting with a firearm uh, if you're hunting with a bow or a crossbow you are exempt from that which you know, if you're hunting in the uh, the regular season with a bow or crossbow, or you're hunting in the muzzleloader season with a bow or a crossbow, and those who are carrying firearms or muzzleloaders are charged with wearing hunter orange or, you know, blaze pink, um, I've got to question, you know, the the efficacy of this one. Um, if if we're talking about low light uh, levels and spotting, a, you know, something that isn't right That makes uh, a a shot that's going to be taken unsafe uh, I would think during that period of time everybody would have to wear orange but it appears it's just limited to those who are hunting with firearms Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense and again uh, the official position of the New York State Conservation Council is uh, voluntary hunter orange or hunter pink is far more effective because it it is it concerns us that you be looking for a a color instead of identifying what is beyond the target by the shape of the silhouette you know you could have somebody out there who's wearing safety orange but is sitting in a ground blind completely concealed if you don't spot that ground blind and you don't know that somebody you know is in it you know that structure should tip you off that it's not a safe shot but if you don't see orange and you think that's the safe shot to take because there's no orange, you may wind up putting a round through an occupied ground blind. This is These are some of the problems with, with mandatory orange. Um, you know, fears of rushing a shot, you know, can happen. Uh, you know, buck fever, as people talk about, um, does exist. People get excited. You got that big deer coming at you and you don't see orange or pink beyond your target but there's somebody in a structure behind you that you didn't see or they're up in a a, a tree stand maybe eight ten feet off the ground you didn't see them Um, you take that shot maybe they're up there with a bow and they've got no orange on you take that shot you didn't know it wasn't uh, a safe shot and uh, you thought it was because of no orange or pink you know that's 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 the uh, jeopardy again comment period ends on august 8th so you know please submit your comments Um, Additionally, trappers are going to see some changes to the Fisher and Pine Martin trapping regs. Uh, the The changes really involve uh, repealing some of the regs on Fishers that require trappers to hold a special permit to trap the Fishers that you got to download from the DEC website, or you apply at a at one of the regional offices to secure that. It is free, but eliminating that is you know streamlining it. There is no more need for it. Um, Pine Martin, on the other hand, will require a special permit to trap the Pine Martin, and those are going to be available online or available in person at the Raybrook office or Warrensburg office. Uh, Possession tags stamped Pine Martin must also be secured with the permit, and the only lawful possession of Pine Martins will be those tagged accordingly. Uh, Final changes and amendments involving the tagging and sealing requirements for Otter, Bobcat, Fisher, and Pine Martin taken in New York State are also up. Uh, in this uh, same uh, proposed regulation and I'd wholly recommend that trappers read the entire proposed text and comment accordingly. The deadline for those public comments is August 16, 2021. Another area of concern in New York is the growing conflicting activities occurring on wildlife management areas and that's in part to DEC's promoting of the great outdoors, but they kind of forgot to properly define what is allowed and what isn't on wildlife management areas, fish and wildlife management areas, some multiple use areas, and unique areas. So, you know, there were promulgated re- regulations that have been released. Uh, the comment period is over, and we're expecting full adoption of these, uh, and they're going to cover all WMAs, uh, all fish and wildlife uh, management areas as well. WMAs is obviously a wildlife management area. Uh, and specific uh, multiple use areas and unique areas that specifically ha- uh, Bog Brook unique area, Seawards Island unique area, Junius Pond unique area, the Harwood Lake multiple use area, and the Carlton Hill multiple use area. These regulations have become necessary to clarify what is and what isn't allowed in terms of activities. Uh, These lands are set aside specifically for wildlife management. Uh, These areas are specifically for hunting, trapping, and where fishable waters exist, also fishing. Uh, During the closed season periods, these lands are supposed to offer wildlife a relatively harassment-free habitat to allow the creatures to live free from our stupidity. Camping, mountain bike riding, e-bike trail riding, and even boating um, can be harmful to fish and wildlife, uh, you know, due to the disturbance at, at peak times, you know, nesting times, uh, uh, young rearing times, etc. Um, the common sense is obviously to understand that the federal laws behind establishing these areas should be better understood. Uh, some of the regulations are are focusing on leash laws. You know, if you're going to bring your dog out there, you don't take them off a the leash ever. Uh, the only exception is if you are lawfully hunting during an open hunting season, such as for pheasant or grouse or rabbit, or during uh, hunting dog training periods in specifically designated training grounds on those WMAs. If you're not hunting with your dog, not training your dog, you got to keep your le- dog leashed at all times. I also recommend everybody, read, you know, read this and uh, you know get familiar with it. Well, you know, we're gonna get ready to take our first break here, folks. Um, But when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about these regulations and we got more to give you. Don't go away. We love outdoors. We'll be right back. Welcome back to all you sportsmen and women to We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I am Rich Davenport, your humble host, coming to you from sunny Tandawanda, New York, and welcome back uh, to We Love Outdoors here. Uh, You know, as I was talking in the last segment, uh, you know, participation in your government, that's what our government's all about. Uh, It is based on citizen participation, uh, these public comment periods on proposed regulations, etc., um, having a three day uh, period to debate or an aging period for legislation to allow you to participate by uh, talking with your elected representatives and seeking their support in uh, you know the way you view things is what your right is and that 's what makes our government so unique and so uh so so precious um, Your participation is is paramount to making sure we get things right. And, you know, better yet, join a federated conservation club. It's so important to be organized, to carry an organized message. Uh, You know, when things aren't right or when we want things done that's going to be strengthened conservation, uh, being organized to, to share information, to become better informed and to carry a unified message to cut through a lot of the noise that's really what needs to be done and joining a a local conservation club that is federated to their local county organization connected with the the larger statewide New York State Conservation Council is really the way to go Um, you know there are Uh, All sorts of uh, outlets to figure out when you can do this, uh, you know, which clubs are in your area. Uh, Social media like Facebook and MeWe as examples, uh, they host groups and pages specific to the organizations. Um, All these organizations typically have their own websites. Now that they're easy to maintain and and build, uh, it doesn't cost an arm and a leg to have one developed. Uh, You know, get involved you know, protect the sports by being involved, uh, you know, ask questions, present your opinions, uh, you know, get informed on, on actual scientific articles, the the actual harvest information, etc. That's how things work really well. Um, and of course, you know, attending the meetings is important too, to get informed. And, you know, on the 24th of June, uh, the Erie County Federation had their uh, June meeting down at Hamburg, Rod and Gun. Um, It was the first meeting we've had since the COVID, COVID, COVID emergencies were completely lifted in New York. Uh, The CDC nonsense relating to kids, going to the doctor or dentist, having to wear masks and such, notwithstanding. Um, However, the short notice uncertainty on all these changes has been painful for everyone over the last 14, 15 months, not knowing where we're going. Well, now apparently we have no more restrictions, which, you know, we, we had a few days to shift. Uh, with our Teach Me to Fish event on the 26th, because you know the COVID, COVID, COVID rules had required pre-registration for the event, and then a few days prior, with all those being lifted, we could, you know, take walk-ins. So you know, we tried to get that that word out over the last couple of days. I, I think it worked. Um, you know, that any kind of capacities were eliminated. You know, just went back to normal two days before the event. You know, this. Thank you, Herr Cuomo. I mean, it's unbelievable. However, in that vein, we're happy to, to announce that National Hunting and Fishing Day will be a, a, a full event, uh, no restrictions, no capacity limits, no registration to, to you know, pre-register to get in. You do have to register to attend because you have to sign some, some release forms and such. Uh, there is hands-on training and such, um, but that's gonna happen again this year. National Hunting and Fishing Day is September 25th, 2021. And uh, it will be held once again at Elma Conservation Club, 600 Creek Road up in Elma, New York. Uh, this event is a great, free, family friendly event that happens every year. It's the fourth Saturday in September by Congressional Act passed in 1972. And, uh, you know, we do provide, as the Federation, Erie County Federation, hands on instruction in archery, in air rifle, in crossbow, and for those age 12 and over, we also have trap shooting. Unlike a lot of different uh, uh, events that are that are sponsored but have no firearms, we provide firearms you know we get supervised instruction and uh, it gives you an, you know a little bit of a exposure to that wing shooting sport. Uh, many of our clubs set up exhibits along with our friends in the DEC to provide information how to's where to's, and to answer questions you may have. We have uh, five seminars so far set up including walleye fishing information, turkey hunting, deer hunting, and Lyme disease prevention and tick exposure prevention. Uh, This one's important as Lyme disease is rising and and, uh, Sherry Voss who's with the Lyme Associates of New York who will be putting on this uh, seminar. She also covers how to kind of protect your pets, especially dogs because dogs and cats can contract Lyme disease. Um, you know they can also carry the ticks that carry Lyme disease into your home. So you know it's a it's a really uh, important thing to attend. Um, donations are going to be welcome. We got uh, lunch that will be available. Uh, Elma Conservation is sponsoring food and beverage. Probably carry a nominal cost this year, but what the heck? The donations are welcome, and it's a heck of a fun time. Uh, the kids that attend, as always, will be eligible for drawing to for a drawing to win a free rod and reel combo. We haven't yet determined the number of kids that are going to be uh, receiving uh, or potentially receiving uh, rods and reels. We have to look at our uh, inventory as we get uh, through the the fishing season. Um, But stay tuned to future episodes. We love outdoors. We'll give you those updates. Uh, Social media and traditional ads will be coming out soon. while we're on the subject of the events, the Erie County Fair now is going to go full bore. You're still going to need to purchase tickets in advance, but there are no more lifting or the, there's no more daily uh, uh, attendance capacity limit. Uh, so you can purchase a ticket online; it can be good for any of the days that that uh, you purchase it for. You don't have to declare what date you want your ticket available. And uh, the Erie County Federation will be setting up a booth in the Conservation Building. And we're really looking forward to this event to see everybody again um you know we did also discuss the fiasco that you know sturgeon point you know marina continues to be uh it is kind of a thorny issue but the uh erie county fisheries advisory board has stepped into the phrase seeking the erie county executive uh ask in writing for a framework of a plan for the future There's a lot of COVID recovery money out there but nothing can be allocated without a plan and some specific elements. Um, Residents are continuing to push the local propaganda outlets still aren't in the mood to properly inform the community sadly enough. Um, I've heard that the gas docks are going to resume operations before July 4th which is good news but the slips are still empty the towboat which rents a slip is still not there. They're over, you know, located in the Buffalo Safe Harbor Marina right now, um, and it's a shame because that that location of Sturgeon Point Marina puts that that uh, location smack dab in between Cat Creek and Buffalo, which is a perfect place to respond to for the towboat. Um, it's pretty sad. Uh, you know, this is really directly due to the town's mismanagement of this community asset. Uh, it, it really is sad, but this is not just this year. It has been going on for at least five or six years. And, uh, you know, it's a sad state that the local journalism, the local media, um, is not keeping everybody informed and, and keeping them informed of the truth. Um, it's pretty sad. Uh, but hopefully the residents will keep the pressure on. The sporting community is standing behind you, and I understand that an email campaign has been picked up. To get the news story, to to get the local news to cover this properly. uh, So we'll see what happens. Uh, In other news, uh, it was reported to the Erie County Federation that Dr. Jason Robinson, uh, DEC Lake Erie's Fishery Unit's team leader, has revealed that the Eastern Basin walleye numbers are way up. Although smaller due to the recent sizes and spawning success uh, with along with habitat restoration, you know they 're not giant fish yet, but our population of fish here in the New York waters, which used to be around ten percent of local ten percent of the population made up by local fish that are spawning here, is now up to fifty percent it's a very very fast growing uh very healthy Uh, local population of walleye that doesn't seem to migrate across the lake as the western basin fish do. They seem to stop in in Pennsylvania and turn around and come back, the eastern basin fish do. Um, The fishing has been slow despite noting seven-year classes of fish are out there in large numbers right now. Um, The walleye right now are keying on rainbow smelt, there's a large number of smelt that are out there. you know, everybody from Buffalo to Barcelona seems to be reporting that they're marking a lot of fish, but difficult to turn a bite. I expect that to turn around as the insect hatches abate, including the the may, mayfly hatches, which are starting really in full swing right now. Um, it's also been announced that uh, Hawkeye Bowman, uh, Federation Club member Hawkeye Bowman, uh, has announced the Youth Archery Clinic, their own Youth Archery Clinic, will start July 5th and it'll be running throughout July on every Monday of July from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. That's at Hawkeye Bowman in Marilla. Uh, currently 15 spots or so are still available. They could, they have enough room for about 20, 25 kids. Contact Hawkeye Bowman or visit ECFSC and the event should be listed there. Um, the annual youth archery camp for region nine is also on this year, will also be hosted at Hawkeye Bowman and the regional camp runs August 6th, 7th and 8th starting 8.30 a.m. on the 6th and it concludes at 2 p.m. on August 8th. Um, call the club at 716-427-9076 for more information. And um, one last thing that came to our attention at this meeting was that uh, apparently the DEC is, uh, even though they're, they've opened their new welcome center uh, down at Iroquois Refuge, which is great news, Um, Those new facilities are there uh, but there seems to be some conflicting activities going on on this refuge and uh, it has been reported that eight sandhill cranes have been spotted in the refuge this year and it's exciting for those who are shorebird watchers they don't really show up all that often in our neck of the woods. Um, These activities that are conflicting seem to amount to harassment and are concerning and the DEC is seeking help in reporting these events. So they can better protect the wild residents. Um, if you see something, say something. Uh, the hip number is there. You can contact at 888 TIP DEC. Um, the tip line is is active. Uh, you know, try to try to do your part and make sure that you know th- these activities, uh, trail riding and uh, and uh, running dogs and so on and so forth, that shouldn't be um, happening on these uh, lands that still are. Uh, you know, just report it so we can reduce that. That would be a uh, super duper thing. Uh, You know the Federation has stepped up it's done a heck of a lot uh, and you know we continue to do so there's there's a lot of things that are on the plate and uh, over the course of time we hope that more people get involved. Uh, You know obviously uh, one of those things is the uh, the youth uh, hunting bill that is uh, you know moving forward Uh, You know, more counties have have taken advantage of this, and five of the six counties in Region 9, uh, obviously, have already passed their local laws. Uh, We're expecting Erie County to have their public meeting set up shortly after the 4th of July, uh, which is a wonderful thing. The 4th of July is next Sunday, so hopefully by maybe next week, uh, we can see this public hearing and uh, get this passed, and allow 12 and 13 year olds to hunt deer with a firearm under supervision within Erie County as well. Uh, would be wonderful, but this is this is something that, you know, we need uh, the sporting community to get involved with. Phone calls to the legislature, uh, emails, uh, snail mail letters are the best, but getting this active participation in our government is what it's all about. When we don't participate, it makes things that much harder. Uh, you know it's obviously if we want to show that we support something then we need to support that en masse and if we're not supporting it in numbers you know I I can't I can't begin to to tell you how much more difficult this this becomes Uh, so we need people to be involved you know don't take that cynical approach that no one listens to you because believe me you're listened to when you speak if you're not speaking, obviously no one can hear you, so how can they possibly listen? I don't know, just my, my feeling on it. Well, we're going to take another break here, folks. We're at the bottom of the hour, but stay tuned. We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. We'll be right back. And welcome back, sportsmen and women and conservationists across New York State and the Fruited Plain. Welcome back to this next segment of We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I am your humble host, Rich Davenport, coming to you from Sunday, Tandawanda, New York. Uh, So we're going to talk about uh, alternative energy again, as this is, uh, you know, we've got this uh, uh breakneck rush as all liberals like to do uh rush 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 don't find out how bad things could be how good things could be just get it done it's a crisis we'll worry about it later never let a crisis go to waste right um but uh you know renewable energy we've got more and more people uh that are stopping uh to think about this and the insanity you know rages on in new york uh where obviously the pursuit's got to be putting everybody into the lifestyles of the amish only without forests and farmlands. Um, The citizenry is standing up, and there was a recent meeting down in Mayville in Chautauqua County in front of the legislature to discuss a proposed solar array for Ripley, New York, uh, that brought about 40 concerned citizens out to voice their positions, even though no votes were slated for the meeting. So, you know, that's that's telling me that uh, interest and awareness is rising. And it's noteworthy to mention that those who attended the meeting in person were opposed to the solar installations and even wind projects in the county as well. Uh, And the idea, of course, of sticking turbines out in Lake Erie. Those who supported the schemes actually sent letters in, most notably were landowners who stand a profit on leases and unions that believe some of these promised jobs will go to the union members. Good luck with that. But it's interesting um, that those who support these things didn't bother to show up. The uh, IDA in Chautauqua County is expected to vote later this summer on any tax incentives for this solar project, uh, which is a big big kind of waste of time here. Um, But in other news, it appears that the Ohio Ohio Power Siting Board, or OPSB, uh, has delivered a major victory to Ohio residents in denying the permit for the industrial wind wind factory uh, known as Republic Wind. Uh, This is a proposed project for Seneca County, Ohio. The residents successfully moved the board, which is under new leadership by the way, uh, to deny the permit due to many environmental concerns, economic realities, and that these problems do not serve the public interest. The wind factory that was planned for install uh, were gonna be put on lands that are ecologically considered karst or, or lands that are full of soluble rock that plays important roles in the filtration of groundwater for healthy watersheds. Um, Karst doesn't support any weight that's built on it and that porous rock would collapse and pretty much destroy the uh, watershed. Um, Added to this were the developers own tax revenue estimates which showed that the money that would come in would uh, be dwarfed by the money that's being laid out and that's not a real good scenario. Um, You don't want to provide incentives to lose money, you want to provide incentives to make money. There was no public interest served in this project and the permit was denied. It is expected that the developer will appeal, but this victory is a good one for the people. Um, stay firm and stay resolved opposed to this. More victories are coming, folks. And in a perfect twist of irony that can only happen with the hypocrites on the left as a more local thing, it appears the Sierra Club and three others are opposed to the inner harbor development plans that have been put forth by the Erie County Harbor Development Corporation and the general project plans for the Buffalo Inner Harbor. Uh, The Sierra Club as reported in uh, the local periodical Buffalo Rising um, has the Sierra Club and uh, the League of Women Voters the 21st Century Park in the Outer Harbor. I have no idea who those people are and the Western New York Environmental Alliance I guess, I don't know, though. I mean, those people, I don't know either, um, they're citing viol- violations of environmental law and due process and a host of other claims for that area that is strangely, it you know, exists on this small tract of land, but doesn't exist with wind factories installed in the Great Lakes, in the water of life. Hypocrite number one, Gladys Giffords of the League of Women Voters is quoted in the Buffalo Rising article as claiming the lack of proper environmental review and resultant plan will irreparably damage the critical habitats already present in Buffalo's harbor, jeopardize future ecological improvements as well as lead to privatizations of those public shorelands, or shore, the the public shorelands, yeah. Um, She offers no evidence of any of this, of course, Um, but you know, what would be wrong with some private entities turning some of this area into tax-paying developments? Oh, that's right. It has to be a money-losing park. We got gotcha. you. Private concerns would do a better job of protecting the surrounding environment, but what about protecting Lake Erie? Um, hypocrite number two, Joanne Kahn. 21st century park on the Outer Harbor. The people that want to turn the entirety of the city of Buffalo into one giant Olmstead Park. Um, this is, uh, she says, it's our second chance to get it right by repurposing this post-industrial waterfront into a natural park where we'll recover a healthy coastal landscape, clean water, environmental resilience, health and justice for adjacent neighborhoods. Hey, how about Lake Erie? You know, this, she goes on to say it is also beautifully com- to complete Olmstead's legacy in connecting our city and our park systems with Lake Erie. Well, sure. But Lake Erie itself and the millions that rely upon the drinking water, the birds and bats that use the lake as a migratory flyway, and is a target for industrialization, I think the industrialization should be left on historically industrialized lands, don't you? Interesting hypocrite number three john whitley of the western new york environmental alliance that's a fake group if i ever heard one what is the best and highest use for the coastal area of the largest freshwater ecosystem on the planet he rhetorically asked um he says cities across the great lakes are in this transition but few if any have an opportunity to create something as magnificent as buffalo does right now let's be bold Let's reach into our history while looking to the future and reclaim a space that can benefit all. Let's not yet again allow entrenched, narrowly focused, self-serving development interests to use their connections. Oh, my goodness gracious. Um, but the lake is threatened by industrial wind turbines, and this is the waters of life, but we can go ahead and develop the turbines. There's no consequences at all, right, pal? Disgusting. And then we got the grand poobah of all hypocrisy. These hypocrites can only be found in the professionals of the, the the professional ranks of hypocrites in the Sierra Club, and this one isn't, you know, being remarked upon by the Buffalo folks. This is the Niagara chapter, so I'm sure they're probably going to play that and spin it. But spewing is Sha- Sarah Schultz, who is the Niagara chapter's group chair. Their grand poobah. After noting one of the major objections to the Great Lakes offshore wind turbine nonsense of ours. She goes ahead and says Buffalo Arter Harbor is part of a globally important bird area that connects with Tiff Nature Preserves and Time Beach Nature Preserve and is part of a Ramsar wetland of international importance containing New York State and binationally significant coastal fish and wildlife habitats, including that of endangered, threatened, and protective species. Hey, stupid, where do you think all this life travels across to get there? Mars? Mars? uranus no it's called lake erie so while the sierra club is promoting the destruction of lake erie with industrial wind turbines they're crying about a small piece of land that actually is not part of the Ramsar area that's the upper and lower niagara river united states side point of difference but all those birds that migrate there uh and the, uh, spawning and the spawning muskellunge uh, and the spawning lake sturgeon that are 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 referenced as you know possibly being damaged by this development, where do they all go? Where do they all come from? That's right. It's called Lake Erie. Uh, the entire lake makes up uh, uh, just a small portion, but the entire lake is certainly part of the uh, Great Lakes flyway. Uh, you know the the entire lake is used not just the shoreline as some people you know erroneously believe those are folks that have never been out in the boat out fishing out there um, it is used by waterfowl it is used by uh, terns and, and endangered seagulls it is used by raptors and it's used by uh, you know monarch butterflies bats etc they all use this lake but they're more concerned about one small tract of land while the entirety of the lake, which is a far more delicate, fragile ecosystem, uh, and they acknowledge that it is, by the way, in this this article, yet they support the wind turbines, but not any private development on a very small tract of land. Hypocrisy! Um, Unbelievable. Uh, It's breathtaking how, how disingenuous these people truly are. Um, the production data alone shows that these schemes are not effective, do not deliver grid specific power needs; they only cause damage and health problems everywhere i 'm um, glad that the Sierra Club has come out and you know uh, invoking ramsar i 'm I'm, I'm hoping that uh, this will lead to them coming to their senses, doing a one hundred and eighty and supporting the moratorium on wind development and offshore uh, fresh water in new york s 6314 A7756. Uh, I'm 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 looking for that. It might be a good idea to everyone to write and uh, to point out this hypocrisy and welcome them uh, to the club and welcome them to the fight to protect our Great Lakes. Obviously, if this small tract of land is is so important to them, then clearly the Great Lakes must be more important, and that means no industrial wind turbines. Unfreaking believable! I swear um it's just it, it's just mind-boggling it really really is it really is and uh you know solar isn't any better yet the folks at NYSERDA are continuing on their charade of this is the first time we've ever done this uh repeat of a study on the Great Lakes feasibility and uh you know the heck with the fishing the heck with the the record that is being set with uh the walleye populations the perch fishing. Uh, people are more and more getting out there. They're seeing what we have, and what a what a change from fifty years ago and the Dead Lake. It really is something else. But you know, energy illiterate folks are energy illiterate folks. They rather restrict you with no-go zones out on a lake and have marine spatial planning than actually protect the drinking water um, and and provide social justice for those communities that have been uh, you know unfairly uh, saddled with uh poisonous drinking water and 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 terrible uh uh habitats around them that promotes nothing but pestilence with insects and uh you know other other uh, uh nuisance wildlife and such it really is uh, a shame that these folks that are supposedly uh, you know environmentally minded and are claiming to protect the ecosystems and the wildlife and and so on and so forth the air and the waters uh, would would jump at you know for money uh, the first chance to poison the waters and and, and poison the airs um, and uh, not really care about the social justice they want that agenda so they can get another donation for their for their uh, their greed it's a uh, pretty disgusting people pretty disgusting But, uh, you know, life goes on, and this is what we have in New York State. Uh, We have a lot of fall environmentalists, um, and and we also have a lot of apathy. And that apathy on the side of the conservationists, who just really want to be left alone, I mean, I can understand it, is where we're going to see problems. Uh, We need to be involved. We need to be active and uh, you know push back on this nonsense you know this is all in the name of reducing carbon dioxide emissions and uh, you know carbon dioxide is plant food and more carbon dioxide in the atmosphere the more photosynthesis is is delivered and the greener the plants get the bigger the plants get the more food we get for wild denizens and people alike Uh, but you know we can't have that because that means the the planet is becoming healthier and sustaining more life, which is ultimately what you want to do is sustain life, not cause a problem with it. Well, we're going to take our final break of the hour, the fastest podcast in history. We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere. Stay tuned. And welcome back sportsmen and women and conservationists across New York State and the Fruited Plain. Welcome back to We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I am your humble host, Rich Davenport, coming to you from sunny Tundawanda, New York for the final segment of We Love Outdoors, the fastest podcast in podcast history. I swear to goodness, folks. Um, thank you for coming back. Thank you for joining us again. We are available on Anchor.fm and Spotify and Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Uh, please donate if you can, uh, $2 a month, $5 a month. Uh, we're here to, to try to protect you and try to try to inform you with the the information that you won't get in that mainstream propaganda that we call the news. Um, so as I touched on earlier, with the local law that Erie County has uh, uh, got on the books, Local Law Intro 1-1-2001, sponsored by John Mills, and uh the frank larigo of you know it's ready to go we just need to get this uh uh we just need to get this this public hearing on the docket uh you know public involvement and being involved as a citizen is important uh perhaps if we would have gotten more phone calls uh to the uh, majority leader in the erie county legislature along with to the specific representatives we would have gotten this done earlier but as it stands right now only 17 counties remain to pass their local laws which is pretty good um you know we we're expecting this to be done obviously um in uh, you know in short order but we might have missed uh the opportunity to be published in the hunting syllabus in print in the uh, the hunting and trapping regs this year um but at least there the DEC does have a website uh a webpage dedicated to this uh, so you can see which counties are involved in it. Um, that's a real good thing. Uh, so, so you know, we're making progress but folks really we need that, that activity. We need you to participate. Um, you know, the folks like myself who who serves as the uh, co-chairman for the New York State Conservation Council's Big Game Committee uh, and also as the uh, Erie County Federation of Sportsmen's Clubs Big Game Committee Chair. Um, you know, it, I'm able to carry the ball. I am willing to do that on your behalf, but I need the peeps behind me. Uh, just like, uh, you know, President Jeff Jondle needs the peeps behind him when he's pushing on things. Uh, you know, it, it works a lot better when we have the rank and file showing their support. It really does uh you know we've got to make a push in the not too distant to get wildlife management unit 9 Charlie 9C uh open for big game hunting so we can start doing some suburban and urban deer management but it's difficult to carry that message when those people who desire this to happen sit on their hands don't make phone calls don't write and send letters very very difficult so um you know, as uh, as of right now, again, 17 counties remain. Uh, only one in Region Nine remains. That's Erie County. Um, but uh, there you have it. Uh, and in other news, while the DEC is taking steps to assure that conflicting and wildlife disturbing activities cease on wildlife management areas, and some multiple use areas, and unique areas. It appears that the state of Arizona is showing similar concerns involving trail camera usage and the activities of visiting cameras to change batteries, import photos off of SD cards, etc. In fact, many Arizona hunters apparently place trail cameras near watering holes on public lands and the continued foot traffic in these areas has state officials worried about the effects of harrying the wildlife and also have some concerns about the uh, violations potentially of the concepts of fair chase so on june 11 2021 after a meeting of the commissioners of the arizona fish and game commission the commissioners voted 5-0 to ban the use of trail cameras statewide for the purpose of taking or aiding in the take of wildlife or locating wildlife for the purposes of taking or aiding in the taking of wildlife in other words if you use trail cameras to scout deer for the upcoming hunting season at least in arizona this year will be the last year you can use your trail cameras because the ban takes effect january 1st 2022 now citing fair chase violations the ban is all encompassing including use on private and public lands and not just during the season uh which you know states such as uh uh, Montana and Nevada out west already have uh, regulations in place that ban the use of uh, the trail cameras during the hunting season. So any open hunting season no trail cam use for you but you can certainly use them pre-season for scouting and as well as post-season to see what you know animals may have survived for the following year. Um, this one is an all-encompassing uh, 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 regulation that dovetails on the already banned use of live-action cameras including smartphones and drones that was implemented back in 2018 for the aiding and hunting. Um, Despite taking nearly 1,850 public comments on the issue with over a thousand of these comments voicing strong opposition uh, to the newly proposed rules, the commission was apparently not swayed and um, the, they're viewing that improvements in trail cam technology that have already happened and will happen in the future create an unfair advantage for hunters, uh, creates competition and conflict between hunters at watering holes on public lands, disturbing the wildlife with frequent visits to set and check trail cams. And uh, you know, they have other issues including disturbing livestock grazing on public lands and the taking of pictures of people without their permission. You know, like the trespasser that walks by. Um, there exists no data to support any of these concerns of conflicts between hunters, over harvest of game animals isn't happening, and even uh, specific to support the belief that there's an unfair advantage even gleaned. Um, knowing you have a specific animal to on your trail camera doesn't give anyone an advantage over the game animal. You still have to be out there, and you're still subject to their nose detecting you, your movement detecting you, etc., Alternate ideas such as setbacks from watery holds and rest- restrictions governing public land use were also considered, but in the end, the full ban was upheld and opted for. Unbelievable. Concerns regarding multiple seasons going on and the potential for the hunter to ruin another hunt uh, just by checking trail crams was also uh, a reason offered up. Um, Commissioner Jim Gogner agreed. Um, He stated several times in the past that when he's faced with a challenging decision, he looks to the guidance of the North American Wildlife Conservation Model, its mission statements, and history for guidance. He believes there's no doubt that fair chase is a cornerstone of the model, and uh, use of trail cam does not meet the criteria, according to him, um, for fair chase. So there you go. New York hunters, beware. Um, These things kind of have a funny little habit of being born out west and heading east, uh, like the lead ammo bat in California, uh, you know, with the concern of poisoning condors and, and eagles, stay vigilant folks, this could be coming, uh, I think there's more of a concern with fair chase and uh, the use of food plots in New York, uh, which are nothing more than bait piles with roots in my opinion. Uh, those food plots do change or alter movements that are natural of the deer moving from uh food to food source uh this artificially moves them into an area that's planted um you know it's it's not a crop that's going to be harvested uh I don't know it just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me but this could be coming in New York so you know laugh about it for now but you know these things do have a a habit of of moving across the country and we need to stay forever vigilant. Uh, We already have enough issues with trying to get the proper uh, uh environmental impact studies done on you know these renewable projects and the large swaths of land that are being encroached upon uh to provide us with unreliable unpredictable energy completely unsustainable very high cost due to its lack of predictability and its lack of dependability to even have something to sell and uh you know that the dec being removed from the article 10 projects in new york for large-scale renewable projects being pushed off to the Department of Public Service is only compounding these challenges and uncertainty that conservationists and environmentalists alike have when questioning the efficacy and the wisdom of placing and siting these wind factories and solar arrays across farmland and forests that we have down in the southern tier of New York. it just doesn't make a lot of sense. So, you know, we're we're hoping people will get more vocal, more informed. It does appear that more people are starting to attend the uh the public hearings at county levels, at the uh, town board levels. Um, you know, there is a a law that has been pushed forward in Niagara County to try to uh keep the wind or wind the rather the solar developers honest in terms of demanding a recycling uh, plan and putting a, a law that demands a plan from the developers uh, once the life cycle of these uh, uh, solar panels has been reached, what is the full plan to recycle them? Uh, you know, elements of the plan that are currently being pushed forward uh, are being modeled after a law that was passed in Washington state to assure that these areas aren't just uh, storage grounds and dumping grounds for spent solar panels. Uh, it requires bonds, it requires plans, and it requires commitments for the developer to take these things off the lands once they're done, recycle them, and restore the lands. Uh, we're hoping to see this pass. Uh, I'm not sure how that's going to play with Article 10, uh, Section 94C, and Article 23 that was recently passed in the 2021-2022 budget, um, but there you have it, folks. Niagara County is fighting back. Chautauqua County may be pushing for that as well. Uh, there are already some concerns about existing setbacks for wind turbines and proximity to residential dwellings. Uh, you know That's being looked at, and they're looking at uh, further setbacks. Remember the offshore setbacks uh, that were put in effect to um, to placate the not-in-my-backyard folks on the Hamptons Uh, was a 20 mile from shore setback and it you know there's obviously that can't happen out in Lake Erie because we don't have 20 miles between Sturgeon Point and Long Point Canada so uh, nevertheless these setbacks are important Um, these uh, recycling plans are very important Uh, You know, we don't want to be seeing our, our landscape blighted after five years of the 20 year life cycle of these things being abandoned because they don't work as advertised. We already know that's the case with wind turbines and the steel winds fiasco they're in their year 15 since they've been constructed and they're going through their third overhaul on a 20 year lifespan you shouldn't have to be spending any money on any overhauls if you have a 20 year lifespan nevertheless that 20 years which is a number that's pulled from someplace um, in I I think a dark nether reach a sphincter uh, area of uh, these people I think they just pulled it out of thin air or out of something else Uh, it's obviously made up. I haven't seen anything last twenty years that is claimed. And, you know, the, the brilliancy of the green people, um, with you know, California taking that march and, and being well ahead of the curve than Texas is, um, you know, they've got rolling blackouts that have become a fact of life. They have implemented a a mandatory electric cars, no gasoline cars by 2035, I believe it is, like New York is trying to do, and like Biden's trying to do nationally, and now they have no power, and they're telling the the residents of California, don't charge your electric cars, because uh, we can't handle it, the grid can't handle it. How is that? I mean, that's just ironic, and that is just so delicious, so... You know when they tell you they've got uh, you know enough capacity that they can power up to 400 homes per wind turbine. Remember those wind turbines when the wind isn't blowing also has the potential to power zero homes. That is not the same with traditional power plants that actually produce 24/7, 365, in a small footprint to limit encroachment. That's what we need, folks. That's smart. That's wise. But apparently, wisdom doesn't fly in New York. It's uh, something else, that's for sure. Bizarro World comes to mind. Well, folks, that's going to do it for another episode of We Love Outdoors with Rich Davenport. I thank you for being with me today, and I hope you'll join me next week. Same bad time, same bad channel, and have a great week, folks. I'll see you next week.